Welcome to Nerdcaster. My name is Mikey O. That's right, a new voice, a new face, and new nerdtainment here at Nerdcaster. Joining me, of course, is my co-host, Joe. And in this week's episode, say hi, Joe. Hi, Joe. And in this week's episode, we'll be diving deep into one of my personal favorites. Yes, that's right, the post-apocalyptic world of The Last of Us. But before we do so, please help me welcome a very special guest who you all know and love. Let's give it up for Lori. What? Hey, Lori. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I know this is a uh, topic you like to nerd out on, so I'm very glad you could join us uh, to talk about The Last of Us. Super stoked to be here. Thanks for having me back. And yeah, I'm really excited to get into it. Well, I think before we get into The Last of Us, I think we got to rewind video games back to the first video game adaptation into a movie or show the I, first I, one yes oh, the first we, have, one. we have to go yeah which i don't know maybe i could be wrong but i think it's super mario brothers let's go am i right on that anybody want to fact check me or don't give a fuck i think you're probably right just as like a first mainstream adaptation i, I mean i don't want to take too much time on it but that failed. Super Mario Brothers the movie in 1993 was a failure. What did you say? The fact that now we've come to The Last of Us on HBO Max being uh, I'm, I'm probably going to let something out. Being as good as it is uh, helps pave the way for things like this in the future. Like, I think we're going to see a lot more uh, TV video game app adaptations of things or video games in particular i mean i have to agree if if we're looking all the way back in the early 90s when like so i didn't see the mario brothers movies till like super late but the one the two that i remember the most i think i know what they are mortal kombat get over here and street fighter the movie <laughs> those amazing amazing films but like, if we have to think about it, like video games were not that old at that point, right? So like, it's still very much a niche audience. The whole like nerds in the basement playing these games, like pretty lowbrow audience. And now it's like everyone and their mother plays games, right? It's billions and billions of dollars. So like adapting The Last of Us into an HBO show and it just exploded, like I think in a way that I would, you know, people are saying like that no one expected, but actually in a way that everyone sort of expected because that story was, you know, incredible to begin with. And I say that as someone who didn't play the game. So speaking of not playing the game and, and moving a little forward here, um, Mikey here did play the game. And I'm kind of curious, is the game like a movie with video game aspects of it? Or is it a video game with just awesome cutscenes? Oh, that's a good question. Yeah, I mean, so the first one was definitely a video game with very good cutscenes. Um, and we're talking on PS3, right? So PS3 was in like that that phase where we were starting to get those really great graphics, right? We're starting to get that really great gameplay. When it came to the cutscenes for Last of Us 2, it was more of a movie than it was a video game, which was upsetting to a lot of people you know for me going back and watching the show versus playing the video game 
there was a lot of similarities that they got right, right? Because when you when you go back into time, right, and you're talking about the Super Mario Brothers game uh, versus the Super Mario Brothers movie, right? It was kind of hard to tie in that cartoony aspect to an actual real life, a live action movie. Whereas The Last of Us, it's almost like, you know, we're bringing the characters to real life and real live action. Um, so uh, for me, I think that this was one of the better, um, well done movies, or, or I should say shows and games overall. The character selection, absolutely on par. Joel, uh, Ellie, okay. absolutely on par. So, the the Last of Us, the show, is that based on just the first game or the just, first two games? Just based on the first game. Okay. Like I said, Lori and I have never played it, so I don't know where the the show um, Begins stops. Yeah. yeah, Where the game ended is where the show ended as well. So they... they that was perfect as well. I had heard, I think, before I even started watching the show that it did it followed the first game. Um, I think we were in maybe episode five or six when we first started watching the show. So a little bit later than I think everybody else. I was recommended the show by almost everybody that I work with. People who played video games, people who did not at all. And there's like, followed the tide and just like this is the best show on television right now and i'd known that this game existed but i didn't know like i didn't know a lot about the story i was told by again someone i was very close with at work she was just like this show will make you think about mushrooms in a way that you've never thought about them and i'm like are you talking about drugs are we talking about this at work (laughs) um and she's like no 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 like mushrooms and i'm like i don't get it and she's like you will just watch and then i did so i thought that that was really interesting again it just really captivated your video game audience and your non-video game audience let's jump into the comparison between the video game and the show so the 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 show opens very action-packed does that follow the way this the game opens yeah, so uh, this is uh, this is what actually made me fall in love with the video game within the first ten minutes of playing the game itself, right? So you know, let's let's take a trip down memory lane in the opening scene where you know the the news, there's the outbreak, right? In terms of the the fungus outbreak, and it's starting to uh, infect people and take over people's bodies. Um, and then, you know, the, the neighbor next door tries to break in, uh, to the house and Joel actually shoots the neighbor. Um, I don't recall that in the first episode of the last of us of the show. I don't think that happened. No, yeah, so, it happened very differently. Yeah. So the neighbor tries to break through the patio door. The neighbor actually does break through and Joel just takes his resol- revolver and puts a cap in that ass. Right. And they jump into, they, they go outside and Joel's brother shows up. And as they get in the pickup truck, they're driving through town because they live a little outside the city. There's cop cars, there's ambulances, they're called ambulance. They're going by, right? And they finally, they have to cut through the, the city to actually get to where they're going. And as they go through the city, that's when all hell breaks loose in the show, right? And they're, 
they get into a car accident, car the truck flips over, and they have to get out and start running. Where the game really punched me in the fucking face is they get in front of that uh, Fedra, well, later on is Fedra, uh, the military individual, and then the sergeant says to execute Ellie and Joel. And just pretty much shoots... Well, his daughter. His daughter. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, not his Ellie. daughter. Not Ellie. Not Ellie, sorry. His his daughter. And Sarah. Sarah. Yes, thank you. Very good. And shoots Sarah. She pays attention. Yeah, and shoots her. And me being a father of two beautiful, amazing daughters, I love them to death, right? Uh, not even being a father at the time, I had tears running down my face because that's how real it fucking felt. At the time of PS3, that's how real it felt. That's how impactful that scene was. I won't cry on camera, but I'll tell you right now, watching watching the cutscene and watching the actual show, it is a tearjerker, man. It really is. I think what's crazy about the episode itself, and this is something I think you pointed out when we were first watching it, and it's just like you have that sense that there's a lot of shit that's going down, and they don't put that at the forefront of the episode, right? You see Sarah just kind of going about her day, celebrating her dad's birthday. She's trying to get him a gift. And you have like, there are shops closing, there are announcements on the radio, but you're not really sure what they were. And I just thought that was so well done because that's exactly kind of how a lot of people just go about their daily life. They ignore stuff like big news on TV or big news on radio or et cetera. And then like, until it just like hits you in the face. And like in this show, so like a neighbor doesn't break in the house, um, their neighbor's dog gets out and she's trying to get the dog back into its home. It doesn't want to go back. And like you just knew all along that something something was wrong, something wasn't right. She goes in the house and then like this oh, eight hundred year old grandma yeah. <laughs> just like is eating people, is crazy. And you're like, All right, the show just starting right now. And Again, as someone who didn't play the game, I was so afraid because, like, her dad had went to go bail Tommy out of jail, went to go do what he wanted to do, and she was alone. I'm like, are they going to be separated the whole way? Or is he going to come back for her? Like, what's going to happen? So I was, like, immediately relieved that he was immediately there. But then, obviously, you see what happens later. And you're like... I didn't see that coming. I didn't, honestly, when I was playing the game, I didn't see it coming. Didn't see what coming. Oh, uh, Sarah getting shot by that uh, officer. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, oh, I like again. I didn't play the game. There was just a lot of hints that people weren't going to survive, and I really felt like they made a big deal out of her character to cause the tears to t- to get. They got you in that emotional state in the show in the very beginning with that character. Because they wanted that emotional feeling when that 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 twist happened. I don't want to derail, and I'm so sorry to interrupt. That's fine, but I I believe, like when I see things like that, I pick up on them. Um, it's it's a problem I have. This is very reminiscent, I think, of the way that Final Fantasy XII opens, and I'm sure plenty of games, but this is the game that comes to my mind right now. And it's just like you open as a soldier in the army, you go through this whole thing. And you're just hoping that you succeed in your mission. Only like the main character dies. And then it sets up. Who you're playing as. You're playing as uh, Rex. 
Yeah, the, but that's what He's I mean. He's the You're brother this... of the actual main character you will actually play. And I think that this show kind of does a similar thing. Like they make you really emotionally invested. Because it's from and... her point of view. Yes, exactly. So they make you really invested in the character. They don't survive. And then so you have to sort of like, it's just like there's like this transference into like the, who the actual main character will be. And they just did a really good job. And so like, if I had to think about it in like video game sense, like that is the first video game I thought of. And just like, they actually did that. You think that the main character of the game is going to be this person. And you're like, Oh no, this is the tutorial phase. And now we're going to get into the meat of the game. And now you're just like, well, shit, they're dead. Yeah. Final fantasy 12 is a great game. Fuck you haters. <laughs> yeah, and then like if you fast forward, right? Let's fast forward to like yes, Ellie uh Ellie's there with Joel and um now her name slips my freaking mind. Wow. Tess. And Tess. Yeah, Tess. And she, right? So Who played the game here? Mikey? Who I mean, who watched the show <laughs> here? I I don't remember what I did yesterday <laughs> you know what i mean but if you put that controller in my hand i'm like oh yeah you gotta go over here but um but yeah anyway so so they're they're already on their way they're in the adventure of bringing ellie to the fireflies right however when they get to the capital right in the show tess is bitten right and she's bitten and the uh infected are trying to bait break through in the capital, right? So in the video game, it's not the zombies or the infected that are trying to break through to get your ass. It is Fedra following you and trying to get you. So Tess stays behind and because she's already bitten because you get into a scuffle with clickers and she gets bitten. Uh, because again, in the video game, there's a lot of that um, discovery and puzzle-esque, right? So you're trying to go through a building and the roof kind of collapse and separates you and Tess and Ellie. So Joel has to find a workaround to get to Tess and Ellie. And lo and behold, they're on the other side with clickers. So you have to fight your way to get through to the clickers and to help save them. And during that, and during that, what transpired was that she got bit and that's why she stays behind at the Capitol but that aha moment does happen where Ellie calls it out and she says, holy shit, she got bit. She's infected. And then that's when the zombies break in, or the infected break in, and, you know, she's holding that grenade. However, in the video game, she actually just has a revolver and she just has a shootout with some Fedra officers and takes a couple out. And then you have to sneak through the building to actually, um, to actually escape, right? So... That that was a difference, and I was like, "Oh man, that the the infected portion seemed a little bit better than just the oh, I'm gonna have a shootout with Fedra." Yeah, I, you you said you had to sneak through. I'm already out. I can't play video games where you got to sneak through things. Um, but it's so badass, though. Like, you you sneak up behind them and shiv them. I don't know, like Metal Gear Solid type sneaking things. I I can't. Assassin's do Creed. Yeah, I get too impatient. I have to play it on very easy mode. I mean, you could just bust through and just kill everybody using your gun, but also you want to sneak through because you want to... Here's another thing. You want to save as much ammunition as possible 
because it's a rarity in the game, and that's another. Already, I'm aspect. already out. <laughs> that's another you aspect of the game. What? Why? That's actually why, like, you started stop playing Borderlands. Yeah, and I started <laughs> playing Overwatch. <laughs> Just reload. Um, yeah, I could reload in Overwatch, no problem. I get a million bullets. Anything else where I gotta, I gotta stockpile that shit? Nah, I'm out, man. I can't, I can't, I can't play those games. Oh well, terrible. Then you gotta stockpile ammo. You have to collect bolts to do upgrades to your weapons. You have to collect scissors, uh, alcohol, and rags to create Molotov cocktails and shivs. Like it's, it's uh, pretty in depth, man. Nope. I'm glad you played this. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like everything he hit. You're just describing a whole list of like reasons why he does not like games. Like I'm that. actually getting mad. I'm getting <laughs> mad. You talking about it? I mean, if if you like that type of game, I highly suggest that you play it. Uh, Last of Us Two, however, it's you don't know when the fuck that game's gonna end. I thought that game was gonna end three times, <laughs> and it did I, not. Uh, yeah, I. I, I so do you think, so based because you played the second game, do you think that the second season of the show, like, does it fit the format of a show? Like, will it make for a good show? It will fit the format for a fucking two-season show. I mean, it, it could go into two seasons, I, I foresee. That's how long, <coughs> excuse me, that's how, <coughs> I'm dying. Don't die, don't die. I'm, I'm dying, I'm dying. <coughs> I can't I'm, give you mouth to mouth, you're too I, far. I'm affected. Uh, that's how, that's... <laughs> That's how long that game is. Um, I mean, I'm interested to see where it goes, right? Because they haven't made a video game past the the second one. So I hope it continues because I'm a junkie for that shit. When did the second game come out? That's a good question. Um, is it recent? Like PS4, PS5? PS4. What, what, yeah, what? PS4. And was the story like on a cliffhanger? Did it seem I like it was resolved? I, I do know some things about The Last of Us too, and I, I don't want to ruin storyline things. Don't for, ruin it for me because yeah, I yeah. don't want to. I don't want it to be because there's something very big that happens in The Last of Us too that I think people will lose their shit over. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, it came out in twenty. It came out in twenty twenty. All right. I mean, well, I mean, I don't want it spoiled for me, but like, I feel like everybody who's already played they know about it. Yeah. So do you want? Do you want? I mean, you can. I mean, I guess. Joel dies. <laughs> okay. So like. And then Laura Bailey, whoever her character is, takes over, and Laura Bailey's fucking cool. So. So Laura Bailey being a voice actress. Yeah. Who does she voice? I don't know. So you just name drop without uh -huh. even a character. Never associated. played the game. Like I said, if I got a stockpile of bullets, I don't play. So never played the game. Gonna drop a spoiler and not even the correct character name. Yeah, she plays. She plays. That. She plays Abby, by the way. Yep, Abby, <laughs> that's her name. And and she that. she kind of goes against. I don't want to spoil this for you, Lori. Um, I feel like I'm I don't just... want you to spoil it either. And you, just, right. I just feel like you just wanted to do that, so you did it. <laughs> However, right, let's go back to the Last of Us uh, season one yep. and the video game, and not talk about the Last of Us two. So moving on, right? So let's get to yep. Bill. Bill mentions his partner. In the in the video game, but it doesn't go into de in depth of like, hey, it's my partner, we live together, it's Frank, blah blah blah. Hey, I'm gay, right? It doesn't do that. <laughs> it it just says, yeah, and you see him kind of brush it off like, uh, my my me and a partner of mine were. It's like, 
So clearly the video game did not want to kind of portray that, which kind of upsets me. I don't know. I'm all inclusive. You know what I mean? So. <clears throat> what are you, a sandals? <laughs> what? I said, what are you, a sandals? All inclusive resort. Oh, all yeah. Inclusive. Yes. Oh, good joke. You, you know what? You should be a parent because that's a parent joke. <laughs> she is. She's a doggy mommy. A doggy mommy. But yes. I loved episode three. I thought, like, so obviously not playing the game again. And, like, your description of how that's portrayed is a little bit sad that it's kind of just sort of, like, hidden and not, like, kind of out in the forefront. I love that the show just took that. And this, like, you know what? Like, this is this is the life that they lived. It was kind of reminded me of, like, the first five minutes of Up. You just were able to see their whole, like, relationship together. Up the Disney movie. Let's clarify that. Yes. The Pixar movie, actually. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> oh! Whoa! Whoa! Um... <laughs> to me, it was the best episode. I had so many emotions, and I want to rewatch. I would rewatch just that episode because the entire time I'm waiting for Frank to just do some straight up dirty shit and like shoot him, betray him, do something. And but like you just see the beginning of an end of like this is a, the a most relationship. amazing relationship. Yeah. And I like was so like satisfied and heartbroken at the same time i'm like i really want to watch this episode again because i just thought frank was going to be a piece of shit and he wasn't and i just loved it i think the casting in that episode was spot on i out of any other episode and actually this episode the one with bill and frank is the lowest rated episode of the of is it this, i thought it yeah. was so highly i think that episode deserves an emmy like just that that episode it, it is it it's the worst episode rated by fans out that's, of the entire series. That surprises me. Yeah. Shocker, and I wonder why. Um You know what I mean? Like it's fucking bullshit. It really is. I could see like in you know, it might feel like a little bit I of a filler it's a episode because it's thing. so much or also like there's the whole like just I, I think that's what it was in my opinion. It. That's you know, that really sucks. It yeah. does suck. Because like that casting was perfect. Everybody in that episode was perfect. And I have not talked much on this episode um, because I, I this, this show was good. But this episode to me was the best episode. And I, I'm reserving my thoughts until the end. Uh, but this, this is absolutely my favorite episode of this entire series. I think for me too, it was just like kind of at a point where you know, especially if you don't know the story, that like there's a lot of hope left, I think, just in general for the series and for like what the outcome's gonna be. But on the same time though, it just it is the entire episode is background. It doesn't really for it doesn't further the main story, which I which think Which is could my be... biggest problem with it. Yeah. But seeing that relationship between Bill and Frank escalate to where it did seeing how bill put himself and and i'm it is bill right like i'm not confusing the two characters bill was nick offerman's character yes okay yeah and he set himself up like world is gonna fucking burn but i got my stakes i know how to hunt i have my weapons i have the traps i i feel safe in in my spot i'm by myself i don't have to worry about anybody 
And then this dude falls into his lap and into one of his traps and he takes care of him and he brings him in and he lets him into to, to his home. I don't know. There, there was just something whole beautiful about that thing blossoming into what it becomes in the show. And the, and the fact that it wasn't in the video game that much, I don't know if it was cut in the video game or, or if it was just like they left it as a, we alluded to it thing, but I, I don't know. I think that episode was really done well. I don't know, my favorite in the whole thing. But I also like Nick Offerman. He just plays Ron Swanson. Yeah, it's Ron... just Ron Swanson. <laughs> From and... Parks and Rec, yeah. yeah. I love his character in Parks and Rec, too. Ron Swanson's hilarious. But, uh, I mean, Nick Offerman, it's, uh, it was well-casted because I'll tell you right now, I mean, it, it, it was pretty close to what Bill looked like in the um, in the video game as well. So okay. it, wasn't, it wasn't far off. And the way his mannerisms were, he didn't trust people, right? He was very standoffish. That's how it was in the video game as well. So, I mean, <clears throat> to say the least, I, I think I, I love the episode and I love the human element it brings to, to the table, right? Because we are vulnerable. We are all vulnerable. We all want to be vulnerable. It just, in this post-apocalyptic world, we you're not allowed to be, right? And it just showed that human element and it just showed the vulnerability and like it's okay to let your guard down sometimes because the, the immediate instinct is... I'm a fucking kill somebody. I don't even know who they are, but I'm gonna kill them because it's either me or them. And in this instance, it's like this guy stumbled into that that ditch. He said, "I'm unarmed," and I was I'm with you, Lori. I thought the entire time I was like I was praying. I'm like, please don't be a bad man. Please don't be a bad man. Yeah. You know, I thought he was gonna I bash don't... his head in when he was on the piano. I did too. I thought that he was gonna do something, and it was not. I don't think it was until like Joel and Tess had like they had like their scene with them and they and like okay no this is actually for the like, the long term. I was so afraid of that and I kind of wish that's why I want to rewatch the episode because like I know that doesn't happen and I just want to kind of enjoy their life sort of so, together with them instead of just being like oh so, what's he gonna do next like he's 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 gonna fuck him over I know it. That, that episode to me, and I don't mean to chime in, but I just actually thought about this. It, it felt like a Shakespeare tragedy play. That this guy finds this other guy. They they have a relationship. In the end, they both die together. Like it's, but it's it was a tragedy. Like on their, but it was on their terms. So like one was like very sick, and I actually this also made me really sad because it made me think of like, you know, like if say like we're in a relationship, we're lucky to be alive that long I, I think together. We are, though. Yeah, <laughs> but like you get to a point and just like you have like Bill taking care of Frank because he's sick, right? So it's not an affected situation. This is a real ass situation. This is like real shit that people do. They take care of an ailing partner, and you see them go through that together. And like this, it shows you that this type of shit exists, like despite the world just exploding all around you. And I also thought that that was really nice that they kind of really like dove into that. Mm-hmm. Yep. This was actually the episode that I have in my notes that I I wanted to bring up. So I'm happy that it came here organically. Although I'm not going to lie too. I'm just like, how many bottles of wine does this guy have? How many steaks does he have? How long could he possibly live this? Okay. (laughs) Because it's out. It looks, it looks pretty cool. So he also hunted, so he could have as many steaks as he wants. How many cows exist? It's not no idea. I don't know where they live. Not necessarily cows. This could be deer. You could have deer steaks. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Also, 
all the liquor stores are abandoned. He had all the wine he wanted. He just had to roll up to a liquor store and raid them. So you which don't he think... did do because it showed him doing it in the beginning of that episode. Oh yeah, no, that was that was yeah. probably my favorite part of the episode, just seeing him like just get all his provisions together. Yeah, and smash the windows, the stores, and just go, I'll take this now. So let me just ask this question. If you were him, like would you like go on the run? and just try to survive out like in a group or on your own or would you try to hunker down and do what he did it's a loaded question so you could look at this in my opinion you could look at this two ways one frank was very selfish or bill 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 was very selfish he knew that the world was going to shit took everything for himself was just going to live out his life by himself did not give a shit about anybody else and then frank fucked it up for him like he had no intention of ever meeting frank he had no intention of ever helping anybody out so i think bill may have lived a longer life if he didn't have frank but do you think he would have lived a meaningful life after you know what i mean because think about it that from from that perspective because he was alone he was hurting he was alone Right, he didn't have he he was he didn't he was never with anybody. He was never with another gay man. Yeah, and he was lonely. He said he was lonely. Yeah, but he also admitted that he didn't want anybody because he didn't he did because he never had the want to because he just didn't he didn't know what he was missing. Exactly okay. that that's that's what I'm saying. Like he would have never have known if Frank never came though. Right, that really wasn't the question that I asked you, but like. I do still like your answer. Okay. What was the question? Like, would you venture in this situation? Would you venture out into the wilderness and just kind of risk it all? Or would you try to hunker down? You said if I was Bill. So I'm looking at it from Bill's perspective. No, from your perspective. From my perspective? Nah, I'm not staying there. I'm getting the fuck out of there. I, I need, I can't shoot like Bill can shoot. I can't defend myself like Bill can. I have no skills to be Bill. (laughs) <laughs> like you know what at least you're open and honest about like, it me like you you want me to beat mario brothers the ri- the original one in 20 minutes sure that's a skill i have i don't have a skill to survive no see i'm i'm the complete opposite i'm i'm gonna hunker down with myself and my family and and, and i'm going and to, close, to mikey's house and 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 close friends right you guys are all welcome and invited. awesome i feel safer now um because I got them guns, you know what I mean? But, like, no, I, I mean, I hunt, I fish. Uh, I, I'm pretty self-sufficient in that aspect. I can fix things. I feel as though that I would be able to survive. It's just the level of trust and trusting people, right? And I don't know how many people I can trust. And, and it comes down to, like, at the end of the day, if you're infected, I have to shoot your ass. And that's a tough pill to swallow, so do I really want to be around uh, an entire village at this point of people, right? And, you know, when you fast forward and you think about all these people that had to eat other people to survive, I mean, that's a pretty scary and, and eye-opening moment. And that does Would you happen. eat another person? Would I eat another person? To survive. If it meant life or death, yeah, I'll eat another person. But I don't think I could do it. I you, mean, I don't, I don't know. You say that when you're star- say it when you're starving you I mean. haven't haven't eaten in in a week like 3 we- or 3 weeks yeah I think it's kind of like how does it come about right so if I have to actually kill somebody 
and eat them. Like, I don't, so like, yeah, I could survive, but like, at what point are you like, is if you're in such a situation and it's not even like, okay, I'm on a deserted Island. I'm waiting for help. If it's like, this is the way the world is right now. Is it worth continuing afterwards? Like I got to eat a person and then who knows how many more people I have to eat or what I have to do to carry on with this hopeless sort of existence. This is the way. I don't know that I could do it. I think I would probably be like, you know what? Like, this is just probably the end. But is it though? Because what if Joe wants to stay on this world and he wants to live this life, right? And are you just going to say, I'm out, I'm checking out? I mean, kind of, I mean, if it's just like, okay, well, you know what? Like if you still want to hang around and you still need human meat, I guess, I don't know. Like you could kill me. I don't want to. I was waiting for you to say that differently and I was going to laugh, but you didn't say it that way. Anyway, um, skipping (laughs) ahead, because something you said earlier before this went off the rails about eating people, uh, there was a whole village where Tommy lived and and they were able to survive without being infected. Or eating people. Or eating people. I don't want to the episode with the priest and that whole thing with the eating people. I don't know. Like, I don't want to, if we want to come back to that, we can come back to it. But going to the Tommy village, like Mikey, you were talking about surrounding yourself with people you could trust and making sure everything's fine. I think that's how that village started though. Like it was one or two people who trusted and then trusted one or two more. And they're like, yo, these are the rules. Like, you don't leave these walls. You you do what you have to do. You don't get infected. You get infected. You get shot. It's the bottom line. So you could start civilization over by doing something like that. You could. And, and I think that's what you're, you're saying. That's the way I'm looking at what you're saying. So you could trust me, and I will help you, and I will do, I'm a good gopher. So whatever you need me to do, I can go for your, your wrench. I can go for your weapon. I can go for this, and I can hand it to you. Are you camping for yourself right it. now? Yeah, because I want to live in his compound. I have zero practical skills in an apocalypse. This has come up in multiple conversations. <laughs> I have zero Nelch practical skills in situation like this at all. So the I, best thing I could do is I could follow directions very well. So I want to. I want to. I want to disagree with you here because. I really feel like as I've grown to know you uh, personally, right, and play Dungeons and Dragons with you and Joe, right, I feel like you, like, there's no escaping the lawful good human being you are, and I feel and view you as more of, like, a diplomatic role and a more logical advisor role, right? Like, you can, like, I feel like you would sit on a board somewhere and say, hey, like, I really feel like this is the direction we should be going in because of X, Y, and Z, right? I feel like you can play that advisor role. So it's there, there's so no intelligence so, status high. Yeah, exactly. There's no ah, uh, there's no use for me in this world. When when shit hits the fan in in the useful right, when people think about post apocalyptic, ah, uh, you gotta kill people, you gotta have guns, you gotta fucking know how to do martial arts and do karate chops. And yes, all this, yes, you do. You do, but but you also, if you get to that point of survival, right, you survived, maybe in a diplomatic way. You you've talked your way out of situations, right? So there's worth to having you around. So I don't view you or Joe to be honest with you as weak links because you both bring different value than what i bring to the table right not to say that i'm a dumb brute 
but I have the skill sets that I've done construction in the past. I have, you know, I hunt, I fish, like I'm self-sufficient in that aspect. And I also bring other things to the table from an intelligence stat. My, my intelligence stat might not be as high as Lori's, but you know, or my wife's, my wife's is very intelligent. She would play a diplomatic role and she knows things and can fix. And anyway, I digress. However, I just want to point it out. Don't downplay yourself. I think you're a very intelligent person. Thank you. And with that this intelligent person also, because like I get on these like little tangents when I watch shows or consume content like with the post apocalyptic. So I was like, I wanted to look up materials that we could use like in a situation, like you know, like a bug out bag, etc. And so I end up doing the search on Google, and you know what? You know what comes up? <laughs> you're laughing because you know what I'm talking about. So it was just like body bags came up and i'm like body bag like what is what is this right so i click on it she right, had no Google. idea what body bag you have well, no idea what body bag i'm sure it, it was like or it's like a med bag or something like that and it comes up and it's literally like medical grade body bags for like dead bodies come up and i'm like oh my god this is in my church history <laughs> like i just clicked on the ad for this and i had to like close out and i'm like i don't know what i just did but i did that's not what i wanted like at all I just was literally looking you, for like a, a really expanded first aid kit and that it got me there. And then now the FBI is tracking me. She, she, she legit like tapped me and just like accidentally looked at body bags. It means nothing. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm making sure that Alexa hears this. <laughs> it means nothing. What I said. It wasn't me. <laughs> I, I'm not like, this isn't me. It was an accident. I was looking at bug out bags. Not body bags. Not like body bags. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what time it is oh my goodness it's hydration break time ladies and gentlemen this hydration break is brought to you by absolutely fucking nobody because we're not sponsored so cheers everybody <sighs> song song dance song song dance joe what you drinking over there Joe, what you drinking over there? I got a car and whaler. Camera. Camera. Put my hand oh, look at that. You didn't have to put your hand behind that. That was good. Lori, what are you drinking? I just got a basic Chardonnay. I mean, everyone loves a good Chardonnay. Or Chardonnay. Hey, oh. Nice. <laughs> uh, and I'd be drinking yep. Burnt Mills Cider. It is a is it local. A... It's a there local brew. It's called Black Current. It's a local brewery here over here in northern New Jersey. Um, so shout out to Burnt Mills Cider. Uh, maybe one day you guys can sponsor us. I love you. They have or, great or cider. I, or Carton, whichever one. I mean, everybody knows Carton, I feel like. but Yeah, know. but they're, they're New Jersey. Hmm. I love the New Jersey brews. You know what I mean? I love that they popped up out of nowhere and everyone jumped on the bandwagon. But yeah. Anywho. Uh, Go ahead. Love local breweries. No. But back to the show. So. Don't look up body bags on Google. Lesson learned. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you need one. I mean, no. When are you ever going to need one? You're never going to need one. Are you a mortician? No. Are you a crime scene investigator? No. 
Well, they would need one. They would. Not us. Uh, all right. I'm just saying there are people who need them. I do think we need like a really sophisticated like emergency bag, though. I'm just driving to Mikey's house. I mean, that's a good plan because I got all you, that what, shit here. I mean, Mikey's pretty far away. Like, what if we can't make it there? And we got to pick up Erica and Danny on the way. No, Erica and Danny come here. Oh, wait, and then no, they're all the south. They gotta come to Mikey's again. house. Yep. And then, anyway. and then we all drive to the lake house because that's going to be the bug out place. Wait a minute. Motherfucker, you got a lake house? Yeah, we have a well. It's uh, it's my wife's aunt's lake house, but we are uh, thinking about getting that later on in life. I like the peripheral. Lake All right, house. this is a conversation for another time off air. Because maybe I want a lake house too. Can we buy the lake house next to yours? Um, if it's for sale, yeah, you could. One of my good friends lives there, <laughs> and he has that lake house right next to us. Well, not anymore, because I just bought it. Listen, I'm just trying to get you to buy, like, a really legit first aid bag, and you're like, Lake House. The Lake House sounds way better than a first aid bag. I agree. <laughs> but okay. back to The Last of Us. I, um, I, I want to call something out with The Last of Us, right? Go ahead. So in the show, which I'm very surprised that that they purchased uh, the licensing rights for the episode, or whatever, advertisements, to advertise Mortal Kombat. Right, the video, the arcade game that they actually play. Yes, yes, yes. I thought that was pretty funny. Right. So, and they reference Mortal Kombat multiple times. What's hilarious is that in the actual video game, it's not Mortal Kombat. It's called the Turning. And you're yes, the the arcade game is called the Turning. Um, and it's not, I don't, I don't believe it's a fighting game either. So I just found that pretty funny. Anyway, I'll have to revisit that. Yeah. I, I didn't know that. Cause I, I saw them playing the video game. I saw them mention Mortal Kombat. Mm-hmm. And in the video game, they, I don't know why I have this memory of Raiden fighting Liu Kang in that video game in the show. Because in the show, what happens, not the video game. Oh, in the vi- oh, you're talking about the video game itself. Yes, the video game itself. There's an oh, arcade game okay. that she's like, oh, man, I love this game. And it's called The Turning. Okay. And in the show, it's actually Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat! Yes. Bam, 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 bam. Anyway. Mortal Kombat was actually my favorite fighting game of all time. Useless fact. We're not going down that rabbit hole, but absolute trash. All right, Street Fighter Man. I am Street Fighter I, Man. I, I would also pick Street Fighter over Mortal Kombat. Thank you, Lori. Even though I love both, and I referenced both earlier today. You did. You did. Mortal Kombat movie was better than the Street Fighter the movie. They both sucked really bad. They did, but Mortal Kombat was still better. At they... least like they got like a killer like soundtrack for it. Yeah. So skipping ahead in the last of us, I don't know if you guys have anything you want to say, but I kind of want to get to the end of the show. The last episode to me is the second best episode of the entire series. And it shows the character development on Joel with Ellie and how she went from being cargo to being somebody he actually fucking cared about. And shit goes off the rails. Yeah. I I mean, you kind of see 
the gradual, the way that they do it, they do it in a way that's really not over the top. Like you do feel like it's gradual and that there's an attachment there on both sides. And it was like so well done. And I did not see the ending coming, even though I should have. It's just like once you get there, you're like, oh man, like of course it would, it would have to go this way. Cause otherwise it would just like, it's such an easy resolution. Of course it won't be that easy. So I don't know. I felt really conflicted at the end of the show because on one hand, I totally empathize with what he did, but at the same time, it's just like, he totally went against like what, like he took her agency away, even though she's still young, like she wanted what was best, like, you know, despite everything, despite her personality, she wanted to do like the right, the ultimate right thing. Like she wanted to provide that. And he just didn't let her have the choice. And Mikey. I mean, yeah, I kind of agree with you, Lori. He didn't give her the choice and he kind of, uh, this is tough, right? Because he kind of said to himself and kind of brought Sarah back to life with Ellie. Right. And I think that's where he went wrong. Um, Interesting. I and what really got me in the second to last episode, which is episode seven, is when <coughs> is when he said uh, when he saved Ellie, right? And he came out of the garage and whatnot of the house, and uh, she was scared to death because she was taken by those fucking people that love to eat people. And um, he's he held her in her arms and he said, "I got you, baby." Okay, baby. That to I me, got you, baby girl. I, I got you, baby girl. Right, and like that, just like go- goosebumps, dude. Like, go- I'm telling you, I'm, I'm telling you, goosebumps. You can't yeah, see it. I can, I can on the camera. But, like to me, that's like a, a a father figure telling that to his daughter means the world, right? And especially in this world, where it is just so chaotic, those words. The, the actual connection means so much more than anything outside of what's going on in this world, right? And now Joel's mentality is, I am protector, and I need to protect this little girl. And that's where he kind of got screwed up on what you said, Joe, and I love the analogy, cargo, right? Not cargo anymore. Now this is more of a personal item to me. And was it right? No, was it right? Yes, right? Because, I mean, if you think about it, right? Like, so I just want to ask a question. In the video game, do you get the choice of what to do? No, you, you, okay. merc, you merc people, bro. You go in there, right. you're going through the hospital, and you're doing exactly what he did. You're literally shooting up the hospital and taking Ellie back. It, it wasn't right because it wasn't her choice, right? But at the same time, they were going to kill her. They were going to kill her. It was, she was going to die during that surgery. And she didn't know that aspect. That's the one thing she didn't know. She didn't know that she was going to die in the process. And that's what Joel was trying to save her from. Because she's an innocent little girl. I mean, you know, remember, she's, you know, yep. not of age yet. Uh, and we can't even take age consent of I want to die or I don't want to die in the post-apocalyptic world. His mentality was, I'm going to save and I'm going to do anything at all costs to save this little girl. Yeah. But but look at her life leading up to that. She had what she says is, is a terrible life. Like she didn't like any of it. 
So if she could do something to save people from having the life she had, is Joel wrong? Because she may have been able to save a hell of a lot more. And she was the only, um, what's the word? A martyr, I guess, is, is the word I'm looking for. She, I mean, she was the only option. So, like, it just, like, people in the hospital looked at her as, like, Ellie the cure. And then, like, Joel looked at her as, like, Ellie the person. And so, like, or obviously, Ellie, he wants to save Ellie the person. The other people there are just, like, Ellie is just a means to an end. And you don't even know. Like, so they could have done the surgery. You have zero idea of, like, whether it would have even worked. And, like, I think in any real scientific community, it just, like, is there a possible way that we can replicate this before they're going to kill their one and only specimen? So that to me was like, kind of like, maybe I'm taking it too far, but like, I think that they would have tried to find a way to replicate, like how she came to be, you know, um, to have the immunity that she has. And they would have done a lot more analysis than like, Oh, we're just going to take shit out of her brain and just like kill her as soon as she's here. Um, But I think they also needed, sort of like that to move the story to be like make it so abrupt so that he literally just goes to town on the whole hospital and takes her and it makes it more like you want to take his side i think in that respect so that that brings up a good question would you do what joel did absolutely in a heartbeat Uh, i would fucking murder everybody to get to that little girl and make sure she's safe because even though she said yeah, my life was shit. Her life was shit because she was just passed around as just like, a, oh, this is a this child's a burden. My mom, she didn't have a real mom. They don't mention her father, right? So imagine you're just now a burden. So it's not going to be a meaningful life. And now this man who is protecting me for the past couple weeks or months, however long, right? Definitely is, months. Yeah, I mean, who's had a daughter, so she trusts him. He's there saving her time after time. And that bond, there's just no breaking that bond. You know what I mean? There's just no breaking that bond. It's just difficult. Which which I also think she set up that bond. Again, going back to the episode where they're on that compound, she tells Joel, like, I don't want anybody else. I want you. But yet she's also then later on says, like, no, I'm going to give myself up to, to do this to better everybody else and, and whatever. It's like she chose him and now he's, you know what I mean? Like that, that, that affects him emotionally too, that she didn't want to go with Tommy. She wanted him to go with her. Right. And now he has to give her up after doing everything he did for her is, is fucking rough, man. She- and for her to be, like, no, this is what you signed up for. I was only cargo is kind of how it, it feels at the end. Like she turns that around on him. She didn't and know. Like, now you got an emotional. No, she didn't. She didn't know she was going to die in that whole process. And that's that. That's the thing. Like she she thought that I was going there. They're going to extract some blood maybe. <clears throat> and then voila, cure for the whole entire world. And we're going to go back to normal again. But if she, if she did know, she would have made the same decision. I think she would have too. I think if she well, knew that she would have. If you watch the extra episode where they do the making of, uh, the creator of the show says that's what she would have chose. And like, I think when she asks him, like, you know, is this for real? For real? Like the way that you described things happening, is this how it went down? And he's like, yes. And she, I mean, she ex- she doesn't believe him. You can kind of tell like, she doesn't believe him, but she accepts his answer because, like, what else can she really do? 
at that point. And like right now he's like the only person that she really does trust. Um, but like that whole situation, just like Joel choosing to do what he did is actually like, um, I forget the official title of like the conundrum that it brings up. I want to say it's like the trolley car like problem. And I brought this up to you. This was like brought up in a class that I take that I took on organizational behavior. And there's a lot of there's like a lot of talk about ethics. So it's like, like you you're sacrifice? in a trolley. Yeah, you're in a trolley car. Do you like, in the effort to like save one person, like do you kill five people or do you just like let this one person like die? Die, but you save those other five people. It's it's like again, it's a conundrum. It's just like, do you like what's for the greater good? Do you do nothing and put like no one in harm's way or do you try to save this person and then potentially kill five people are you asking it's honestly a shitty thing i mean it's not asking anyone directly but it's also like the question of like saving somebody that you know one person that you know versus like 10 people that you that don't, you don't know, know. Yeah. so it's just like making the choice like do you choose to potentially have a shot at saving humanity or do you save this one person that like literally one of the only people that you've come to care about in your horrible horrible life what do you do yeah no i mean i'm saving that one person sorry to the 10 <laughs> people i kill but i mean <laughs> relationships mean the most especially in a post-apocalyptic world you know what I mean? If I don't know you, then why would I... I don't know... I could be killing potentially a very good soul or saving 10 bad people. 10 shitty people, yep. yeah. Right? You know what I mean? What are you going to contribute to the to society or the post-apocalyptic society, right? That, that I... Or is this person on their way out? The one person, right? I, it's just... Uh, you don't know. You don't know. I'm, I, yeah. I'm always going to save people that I know versus someone I don't know. That's just natural. I know Mikey. Right? <laughs> I yeah. would have to, I mean, it's hard for me to say this even because, like, I, this question, like, conflicts me, like, so much. But I would have to, I would have to agree. I would have to agree. As much as I hate it, like, I would have probably done the same thing he did. So, in the video game, I probably would have went the opposite direction if I had the choice. Because that was the whole point, is to get her there and to do this thing. That was my mission. That's what I did. I succeeded. If it was real life, I'd have to agree with both of you. Be like, I'm, I'm, I'm John Wicking this whole thing. <laughs> so this reminds me of actually in Assassin's Creed Odyssey. And I had stopped playing this game, actually, because of this. You're in a scenario. Was it Assassin's Creed or was it Witcher? No, it was Assassin's Creed. Dude, I love this. This this was so fucking hilarious to me. So in Assassin's Creed, you're faced off with like this like weird, um, just like religious figure. He's about to kill his family who's infected with like literally the plague. And you have the option to be like, no, like you can't murder this whole family. And there's like little kids. There's like four of them. There's there there's there's it's like a mother, a father, father and, and two like very two small children. children, and like this very obviously like antagonistic priest sort of figure. Who's a douche? I killed well, priest just, first. Well, that's what I mean. So like I did that right. So I'm like, you can't kill little kids. I was just felt like so like whatever. But later in the game, they did have the plague, and the entire island's population got wiped out. 
Yeah, because so you, you were supposed to, to kill the fucking supposed- family. Kind of, and I like find this out, and I'm like, I can't play this anymore. Dude, I, I, when she goes back to that island and everybody's dead, I'm like, Yo, you done fucked up. That's what <laughs> happened. I was just like, What happened to this island? And they're just like, Oh, we all got the plague, and I'm like, Yeah, I mean, should have killed them. I mean, listen, if they're infected, like, clearly infected, and they got the plague, and they're gonna die. The thing is, like, you, they kind of look a like they were sick, little. There was little children. And they were dude. little like, kids. Like, you were just, like, signing up little kids to die. Like, uh, honestly, I wasn't playing it, so it was funny, but if it was me in that situation, I don't know if I would have chose differently. I can't kill... In a, even, in, like, in a video game, I don't know. I can't do it. Children and animals, I can't do it. I... Fuck it. The whole island's gonna die. Because you don't have a hand in it, right? I mean, even though you kind of do, it's just like, oh, like, am I just going to let this dude just like slaughter this Maybe they'll find a cure, though, but maybe they'll find a cure on this island. I don't know. And that's the thing, like, you don't know, but there's like decisions like that. I agree. I just, I can't be the one to make those decisions, yeah. even in a video game, because I'll make the wrong one. I literally stopped playing the game after that's why that. You, I know you did. That's why you come to Mikey O Island and uh, I'll make those decisions <laughs> for you. Yep. <laughs> Oh, those and kids are infected? Hand, We're going to go drown them. go for who's handing you whatever you ask for. Like, get me my shotgun, boy. I'll be like, here, sir. Here's your shotgun. <laughs> no, no, man. You're going <laughs> to no, you're gonna help me figure out how we can get lights working. <laughs> uh, no, I don't know. Electric. You got to be useful for something. Yeah, I mean, you can figure I that can shit out. I can get you on the internet. Yeah, let's get, let's, <laughs> let's get on damn dare interwebs. Let, let, let's Google how to use the shotgun. There's no such <laughs> Google, Google won't exist anymore. Google's dead. Google be dead. <laughs> Fucking Ashley Johnson. Let's talk about her role in this movie and this show for a second, right? Thoughts yeah, on Ashley Johnson? Uh, from the uh, video game perspective, I thought she did a great job. Obviously, it's just the voice acting. Um, of Ellie, yep. Of Ellie, but I, I think she did a great job. And, you know... Um, she was a familiar voice that I could, um, adapt to, especially in the episode. And I'm like, wait a second, that voice sounds familiar. And wait a second, it sounds familiar somewhere else too. But I'll let Joe touch on that. I, I, I'll talk about a few voice actors in this show. Um, Ashley Johnson, absolutely my favorite. She also played Pike in the Vox Machina series on Amazon Prime. She's also a major character in all of the Critical Role seasons, uh, and she was on, nope, not Family Ties, but Growing Pains. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, just a great actress overall. Like Her her performance in, in this show was, was really good. Um, but not only her, also the guy who played Tommy, he was the voice of Joel. And the voice of Tess was in there as as somebody else. I think it was the head of one of know. the Fedra of one of the, who was the girl who was the head of that unit. Um, Fireflies. Where Henry was. Oh no no no! Like episode four or five with Henry and his brother. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. So the the woman who was the head of that that group that was hunting them, she was the voice of one of the characters as and well. Rose from Two Tess. and a Half Men. Yes, Rose yeah. from Two and a Half Men is the voice of Tess. So, like, everybody who had a voice in the first Last of Us has a small part in the actual show. I love that. Or most of them do. I do love that. I love that. Yeah. Ashley Johnson was the one that I was most surprised about. Uh, A, because I never played the game and didn't know she voiced Ellie. And then seeing her, I was like, holy damn. 
and then looked it up and saw she voiced Ellie. I thought, like, obviously she's only one episode, but, yep. like, the few minutes, a few scenes that she was in, like, she was incredible. Like... That whole birthing scene, birthing scene, um, turned my stomach. Like, she did such a good job, and the fact she had a... It, it's actually hurting me now. Cut the... Her... The own... The umbilical, umbilical cord? cord? Oh, dude, like... How do you do that? And you're getting attacked by this this zombie-ish thing. Yeah, I mean, I cut it while like, I, my daughter's were in a doctor's arms. So. It turned my stomach. <laughs> no, I feel like if you had to do that, you just vomit. I'd pass everywhere. out. I'd pass out. No, you would do it. You'd be all right. New fun fact about me: um, back when I was late teenager, almost twenties. I watched some birthing thing with my father on TV for some weird ass reason, don't know why, and went to the bathroom and smashed my head on the bathroom floor because I passed out from it. Oh, wow. I didn't even, this is a fun fact for yeah. me. I didn't even know this. Yep. And I have a scar in my eyebrow from it. Are you sure it was on the TV and wasn't on a computer, right? Nope, it was on the TV. Okay. And we we had one of those old-ass projection TVs that were huge as hell. Oh, my God, yes. Yeah. And I remember walking, like, literally 13 feet to the bathroom and just got to the, the entranceway of the bathroom and just collapsed. And then woke up on the couch, like, two minutes, three, four minutes later. Can't, can't do it, man. Blood. Nope. So aside from Joe passing out, thoughts on this the sexy beast of a man, Pedro Pascal, right? Like <laughs> thoughts on Pedro on this role. I mean, I think he absolutely crushed it. Like every role he plays, uh, I feel like he truly embodies. And if you watch, it's funny because if you watch YouTube videos on Pedro Pascal, right, that is not the same character. A serious you you would think that he's like this serious man with such stature and just like. I'm a manly man. Meanwhile, this guy is just like hungover wearing a pink sweater or sweatshirt in a YouTube video uh, hooked up <laughs> hooked up to a lie detector test. And they ask him questions that make him look so vain, but he answers them so honestly, which I'm like, I can't fault you for that. They're like, so do you Google um, or look up Pedro Pascal like fan accounts and do you stalk them? He's like, yes, I do. You know, like, he's so, he doesn't give a shit. Like, he's like, I stalk, there's one page called Pedro Pascal on Instagram or some shit like that, and he stalks it, and he's like, I'm okay with that. He's like, I'm okay with it. I'm okay to admit that. That's awesome. So, like, it's funny because, like, I see him all over, like, the just the memes all over TikTok, just, like, with, you know, that meme with him and Nick Cage. Yeah, that huge smile. You just see it everywhere. It's everywhere. Or him eating a sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> that one too that's amazing I don't know he's good <laughs> I like him he's... everyone's obsessed with him my boss also she's Wait, just like in say? love with him oh and it's funny because like I'd walked in like we had like a meeting at work or something like that and I showed up like maybe two or three minutes late and they're literally gushing all about Pedro Pascal and the internet's just, like, daddy the, and I was like, oh, the internet's the daddy. Internet's and I don't know what possessed daddy. me to say that in like a work setting because I usually don't do that. And <laughs> it was like, what did you um, say? Joe, the title of this episode is The Internet's Daddy, <laughs> Last of Us. 
Or right. Last of Us, the Internet's Daddy. That's he is, fine. though. He's the, right now, he's the Internet's Daddy. He is. I mean, so, he's the hot actor right now. I mean, I don't have anything against him. I don't think he's bad. I like him. You're just jelly. Maybe. I'm, I'm fucking jelly, man. I, I love that motherfucker. <laughs> I mean, I only know him from two shows. I know him from The Last of Us, and I know him <laughs> from The Mandalorian. And in The Mandalorian... You don't see him. He, he, he has a voice. That's it. He was, I mean, I know he's in Game of Thrones, but that's another show that we never really watched. Never watched it. What? And then, he was yeah. in What the fuck? I said a what? You never watched that show? That's a, that's a whole other conversation. That's, oh that's way too long for this episode. Anyway. Yeah, anyway. So, I only know him from those two things. What? And he's good in both of them. So, he's good. Ella Ramsey. Moving on. Let's go. Is it Ramsey. Gordon Ramsay? Ella. Ella. That's uh, Ellie. Oh. Ellie. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, Bella. Uh, yeah, Sorry, she Bella. She was amazing. Bella, Bella Ramsey um, looks kind of like Ashley Johnson, like a younger Ashley yes. Johnson. They did a great job in casting her and then casting Ashley Johnson as her mother. Uh, since we're talking about casting, and if the, season two is greenlit, I would, bringing it back, Love to see them cast uh, Laura Bailey to to play her character actually in season two because they actually the character she plays actually sort of looks like her I guess I mean it's a video adaptation so I'm curious to see where they go with this so what I guess we can go to final thoughts unless anybody has to, anything else they want to bring in before we do that I do want to just make one note on like Ellie's just like dialogue and like the actress and everything like that. And how like this, the dialogue was so spot on of like a 14 to me, like a 14 year old girl, like the way that they would talk, because you know, normally like in TV shows, they like really either they dial it back or they sanitize like language yes. that they think like a 14 year old would say. And I'm like, I just thought it was so realistic and like, cause yeah, legit. Like I have a sister who's a teenager and yeah, she talks like that. And guess what? Like all teenagers talk like that, post-apocalyptic yeah. or not. <laughs> so, so that's the thing that I, I said earlier. Like the writing, the dialogue, everything in this this was good. Like I do love the dialogue. I love the way Ella t- Ellie t- Ellie talked. I, I like the way her and Joel's relationship went. I, I like the fact that he was honest with her, but also didn't sanitize the way he talked just because she was a child. Like all of that was really good. I'll get to the bad in a minute. Go ahead, Mikey. Yeah. So she, when you talk at a video game adaptation, right? It's exactly spot on to what the video game was. That high energy teenager standoffish at times and cursing like no other. I mean, I remember when I was her age, I was cursing my ass off as long as I wasn't in front of my my, my parents. No follow-up on that? I curse a lot, too. <laughs> okay. So then I guess I'll just bring it to final thoughts. What was your overall feeling about this show in general? And, Mikey, you compare it to the video game, whether you like it better than the video game or the video game was, was on par or whatever. Uh, but we'll start with our guest, Lori. Oh, you want me to start? Yeah, you're the guest. Um, 
I'm just going to say, like, I feel like the show really lived up to the hype and just really a testament of, you know, talent from the showrunners and the cast and everybody that, like, it just really became, like, the next Game of Thrones. And I even feel like even if, like, it has a potential to grow beyond that because I feel like there's a lot more people who are, like, became obsessed with it as quickly as it did. And I think it's because, like, the whole premise of it is like that sort of like that science fiction but it's like close enough to be like some what of like a real situation so like if this species of mushroom can survive or thrive in like higher temperatures like could this like is this plausible and it's fun and scary to kind of think about it i remember watching episode two and like you have the like the fungus specialist she's coming in to look at these cases and she's just like, she wants to go home and like be with her family because she's basically like, I know what's next. And it's just like, everything is just going to end. This is horrible. And I remember thinking like, you know, look at all the ties from like Ebola outbreak, like all these crazy outbreaks that happened in like society and like how people like thought about it then. And obviously this is in the, much more extreme case, but like you have all these parallels that exist in real life. And I think that that's why people were so drawn to it. And I think it's impressive. All right. Mikey. Yeah, I know. I think they did a really great job in comparison of the video game and bringing it to life in real live action. I kind of want it more, you know, it left like eight episodes. wasn't a whole lot. And that left me hungry for more, and I, I really, I, I felt like it was almost rushed a bit, right? Like, they wanted to put it out there, they wanted to, like, rush through everything. Um, I felt like there could have been more of a storyline with the infected, because in the video game, there's a lot of interaction with infected, not just the actual um, individuals in the post-apocalyptic world that you have to fight through, but, uh, you know, the Berserker, right? They only touched on that, 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 that monster that lived in the basement is essentially right for a, a little stint that it popped up and just murked all those people and that's how they were able to escape i want to see more of that right i want to see more of that combat uh but I, overall i think all the actors did a great job i think they did a great job casting as well uh and and really um not straying too far away from the video game and that's mo that was i feel like as the the nerd in me right when video games come to life and they try to just take it and run with it and and i guess you know do more than what they can with it like mortal kombat right there's really no storyline <laughs> to mortal kombat but with that i mean i feel like that it, they did a great job by sticking to their guns and saying well, we're going to stick to what the storyline is for the video game and not stray too far from that Okay. So overall, I would rate this an A plus. Laurie, so if he gave a rating of A plus, what would you give it? I mean, I can't grade it against a video game, but like as far as shows are concerned, I would, I would also, I would grade it very highly, A plus. Okay. So this show was good. I fell asleep on quite a few episodes. I do not like. As much as they flash back to scenes that did not progress the storyline, like the like every other episode was a flashback to to a point. And while I said I do like the Bill and Frankie episode, 
I did not like how they flashed back to it, and it was an entire episode. Um, same thing with the the Henry episode, and there, there's a few others. I wanted to see the storyline progress, and if those flashbacks were necessary, start the story there and make this season a little longer. Maybe make it 13 episodes because like you said, it, it felt a little bit rushed. They probably could have gotten 13 episodes out of this and still been good. I disagree. I actually did not feel it was rushed at all. And I wonder if it is because it didn't play the game or it didn't have the virtue of that. And like, as far as the, fla- there was like one, the flashback episode that bothered me, I think was like the flashback with, between Ellie and her friends. Mm-hmm. I felt that like one- it was a little bit drawn out. I understand like the importance of it, but like, I didn't mind it when they did it with Bill and Frank. Or Henry and his brother. Oh, um, I mean, yeah, I, I, that one I didn't feel like was overly long either. It's a good point, but like with her and her friend, I just felt like that was so dragged out. Um, I, I just feel like the, there was too many flashback episodes and I wanted to see the story move along. And and that's kind of where I had my big issue and hang up on this and where I got bored as a whole, the casting was perfect. Plot was great. Um, and I hate zombies. Anybody who has listened to Nerdcaster knows I hate zombies and I hate time travel. Um, Lori made me watch this. I did not care to see it. And after watching it, I thought it was a damn good show. I do not have high hopes for season two, but I'll give it a shot. So I guess I'm the pessimist here, but I'm okay with that. I mean, that's fair. That's fair. There's valid points. I disagree, but those are valid points. Well, that's okay. You can disagree. You'd just be wrong. (laughs) (laughs) But that's my thoughts. Anybody got anything else they want to follow up on? I'm good. Yeah, I know. I think, you know, All right. I think we hashed it out pretty good. So I'll wrap it up. Well, thank you guys for all listening to Nerdcaster and our opinions on the Last of Us show and video game for those of us who played it. And be sure to follow us on YouTube at youtube.com slash Nerdcaster8902 or something like that. Follow us on uh Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere else you can get your podcasts. We're all over the place. Mikey, say goodbye. Goodbye. Lori, give your sign off. Thank you. It was great to be here. Thanks again. All right, guys. Nerdcaster out.